0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. What could you do if your data was working for you and not
1: against you? Good morning, it's Tuesday the 12th of December here in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke,
2: And I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, Tory rebels say Sunak's Rwanda plan needs significant changes ahead of today's make-or-break vote.
1: COP negotiators look for a deal on fossil fuels as the end of the climate summit nears.
2: And an epic victory. The maker of Fortnite wins its monopoly case against Alphabet's Google Play Store.
1: Let's start with a roundup of our top stories.
2: MPs vote on the government's Rwanda bill later in a key test for Rishi Sunak. The Prime Minister is trying to win over rebels like Marc Francois from the right-wing European Research Group, who thinks the PM's de- deportation plan needs to be tougher.
0: We all want to stop the boats. There have been two legislative attempts at this already. The Nationalities and Borders Act, that didn't quite work. The Illegal Immigration Act, that didn't quite work. So this is kind of three strikes and you're out, isn't it?
2: Francois needs 29 Conservatives to vote against the bill to wreck the government's majority. The delay in Westminster cast doubt over the Prime Minister's pledge to reduce illegal immigration.
1: Well, the Prime Minister also apologised for actions taken during the pandemic. Here is Rishi Sunak speaking to the Covid inquiry.
0: just wanted to start by saying how deeply sorry I am to all of those who lost loved ones, family members through the pandemic and also all those who suffered uh, in the various different ways throughout the pandemic and as a result of the actions were taken.
1: However, the then-chancellor defended his signature eat-out-to-help-out scheme after it emerged that government scientists hadn't been consulted on it at the time. Sunak argued it was, quote, long-standing practice not to discuss economic or fiscal events with health officials.
2: Talks are ongoing to secure an oil and gas cut agreement on the final day of the COP28 climate summit in Dubai. A draft deal calls on countries to reduce their consumption and production of fossil fuels. But for many nations, it doesn't go nearly far enough and falls short of a complete phase out. Co-chair at the Voluntary Carbon Markets Integrity Initiative, Rachel Kite, says the summit is a bit of a mixed bag.
1: But at the end of the day, what delegates were talking about was a report that they have all authored that said that we are not on track. And the text before delegates right now does not put us back on track. And I think that uh, therein is the problem that we've made progress. But I think until we're closer to being on track to uh, really wrestle with global heating, I don't think we could call it a success.
2: Rachel Kite says the only solution to climate change is the rapid phase-out of emissions. The clash over fossil fuels has dominated the fortnight of talks after countries failed to reach an agreement at last year's COP27 in Egypt.
1: Northern Ireland's Democratic Unionist Party says that it will study a funding package offered by the UK government aimed at restoring the power-sharing administration at Stormont. The offer includes funding for public sector pay and a stabilisation fund to provide additional cash over four years as the region grapples with a budget shortfall. But despite saying that it will examine the package, the DUP has suggested it won't be enough to bring it back into the power-sharing executive almost two years after it withdrew.
2: Alphabet has lost a legal battle with video game developer Epic Games. A federal jury in San Francisco decided that the company's mobile app store has a monopoly over the distribution of programs and payments on its Android software. A US district judge will now decide whether the Google parent must allow payment and app distribution methods outside its own app store. Epic Games lost a similar case with Apple two years ago and Alphabet says it plans to challenge the verdict.
1: The rapid rise in rental prices across London could soon be coming to an end, according to one new report. Bloomberg's Tiwa Adebayo has the details.
0: Tenants in the capital could be in line for some relief in the coming months. According to a report by property portal Zoopla, the average annual rent rise in the city for newly let homes will grow by just 2% by the end of next year. Meanwhile, the average hike across the UK is also set to drop to 5% over the same period. Renters have been squeezed on two fronts in recent years as landlords deal with successive rate hikes by selling up or asking for higher fees. But cooling wage growth and a weakening labour market is starting to put the brakes on what tenants can afford. In London, Tiwa Adebayo, Bloomberg Radio.
2: Well, that news comes as Goldman Sachs ended a recommendation to short UK real estate stocks this week, saying the housing market is stabilising and interest rates should start to come down. From next summer. Now, in a moment, we'll bring you more details on what's meant to be the concluding day of the COP28 climate conference. But first, a word on today's Bloomberg editorial. The headline: Britain's taxes aren't just high; they're complicated. The editorial board arguing that Britain's tax system is in especially bad shape and that it ranks poorly compared to peer countries in terms of competitiveness, describing it as a dizzying convolution, mm. which I think if you've completed a tax return recently in the UK, you'll understand why they might um, be making that argument yeah. as well. But it's the the ch- constant changes to the tax system. Um, the piece counts uh, 1,651 changes to the tax system uh, in the decade 2021, the majority of them being increases and things like the complexity of the VAT system, the compliance burden, where it lies, how that has an effect on the broader economy. And it's not an argument for tax cuts, it's an argument for a more efficient tax system that Allows space for investment and growth.
1: Yeah, look, I can can hear almost the voice of Dan Needle, who's perhaps one of the best known um, tax voices in the UK on this issue, sort of agreeing fervently. You know, he's very much somebody who's been championing simplicity. Um, I think the issue, though, that this editorial piece makes very well is that actually that's unlikely to happen. I mean, I love the fact that they've put the data in there, so many changes, more than a thousand of them in a decade just staggering but the issue that as we go into a general election uh, there'll be so much pressure on the government and on the opposition leader to come up with tax cuts you know rather than focusing actually on how the system works and the sorts of inve- incentives it encourages.
2: Yeah, indeed well let stay with politics here in the UK. MPs voting on Rishi Sunak's flagship immigration policy later today and there's a serious chance the Prime Minister could lose. Sunak's own backbenchers spent Monday debating the bill with some on the right arguing it doesn't go far enough. Joining us now is our UK politics producer and reporter James Wilcock. James, good morning to you. What is the scale of the rebellion that Rishi Sunak faces today? I mean, the scale Stephen is listening to your bulletin today. It is rare that a Prime
0: Minister says sorry. It is rarer that potentially that a Prime Minister would lose a vote with a 56 seat majority. And yet that is the concept we are looking at today. The right wing groups who have looked at this, who are uh, got their lawyers to look at if this is hard line enough on immigration, say this Rwanda bill still leaves a route to appeal. So they argue that the courts could get clogged up with people trying to argue claims and therefore it doesn't stop the boats, which is Rishi Sunak's big flagship pledge. And so the Telegraph reported overnight that 40 MPs could either vote against or abstain. With a 56-seat majority, 40 MPs abstaining would be fine. 40 voting against, because that what puts numbers on the other side of the argument, would, like, wreck this bill. And so the scale here is if he loses this kind of vote it is very hard to find parallels because in parliament there are two votes this is the first the second would then be making it law the first vote is almost a vote on principle on do we agree with the general terms of this bill to lose that would be pretty unprecedented and would completely nuke Richie sunak's authority in the party and so on that level this is the biggest legislative challenge which sunak has faced in parliament in his premiership it is easy to say that.
1: Okay, so if the bill passes, does that mean all as well as in the Conservative Party? And on the substance of the bill, you know, does this, uh, what does it do in terms of um, addressing immigration, which is one of the pledges that the Prime Minister has made?
0: In terms of addressing immigration, nothing will be solved today. Even if this bill passes, there is then a third reading, which is where many people want to amend it. And we haven't talked about the moderates at all yet, Caroline, who there are at least 106 of them, and they say constitutionally this bill is fairy dust. They don't see it as realistic whatsoever, but they say we will compromise with it, but we will not let it be amended any further. Uh, Amending it is exactly what everyone from the Lords through to the right wing will be trying to do for the next year, which is why, in all that time frame, there will be a general election. So before the next general election, this... Bill will not have any effect. It's worth saying, like, the laws can hold this up for at least 12 months if they so choose, and the v- rumours are they very much do f- fundamentally disagree with the constitutional implications. And for the Conservative Party, there is no easy way out of this argument. Uh, the die is cast legally for Rishi Sunak. We find out today if the numbers are in his favour, there is no amendments he can make to this bill at this point does he have the support in his party to get this over the line? That is the gamble
2: he is taking this morning. Given this is coming at a difficult time for the Prime Minister as well, he was speaking to the official Covid inquiry yesterday too, what are the Prime Minister's options from here?
0: In terms of this bill, what's something to watch out for today is if the bill is pulled, that means the government whips have decided there is no hope. And that would be the kind of nuclear option. Uh, the other thing Rishi could do is go back to the drawing board and look at this all again. He could completely reinvent sort of himself and what his policy platform is. But the other possibly more likely option is he muddles through. He gets through this vote. He gets through apologising for the COVID inquiry. He gets through to the next year. and. He hopes there is something in the economy, which already he's got his inflation numbers on target. He points to the economic growth he's targeted and said, this is just one issue and there is far more that government does. There's far more progress that's been made on migration and that this is just a storm in a teacup. That would be the government's argument.
1: Okay. James, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Really good to have you on the programme, our UK politics producer and reporter,
0: James Walcock. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
3: Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at steeple.com. That's S T I F E L.com.
2: Steeple Nicholas and Company
1: Incorporated, member
2: S I P C and N Y S E. Well, let's go now to the climate talks in Dubai. A draft deal at the COP28 summit, uh, which is due to wrap up today, is calling on countries to cut their consumption and production of fossil fuels. But for many, it doesn't go far enough. Joining us now to discuss Bloomberg's senior climate reporter, Akshat Rathi. Uh, Akshat, good morning to you. So what is in this text? How is it being viewed there?
4: Well, this is the second text we've got uh, on what needs to be done to try and address the big gap that exists between what the climate goals are and where we are on greenhouse gas emissions. Um, The major thing that people were hoping would come through this is that all 200 countries would uh, agree to phasing out fossil fuels, to stopping its use, uh, to be able to meet these goals. Um, And that is what the COP presidency had been gunning for in the first draft. But the second draft is a complete opposite. It does not set any targets on actually exiting from fossil fuels. It just talks about reducing it. And the problem, the biggest problem, is it has a very soft wording around countries could do one of these many things that are needed for climate. Uh, so what is happening here in Dubai is that there's a big fight brewing. We know that uh, negotiators were in conversation till up. Till at least 2 a.m. last night, uh, trying to get a better wording of the text uh, in the next draft. And we don't expect one for many hours.
1: Okay. Um, There is also emphasis on increasing renewable capacity, on energy efficiency. Does that go any way to satisfying, you know, the critics that include, for example, the EU's climate commissioner um, and the US climate envoy, John Kerry, and others who've been very critical at the moment of the, the language
4: Indeed, this is the first time if it goes in this shape or form where technologies will be mentioned in a COP agreement where low carbon hydrogen gets a mention, carbon capture gets a mention, low emissions vehicles get a mention. Um, These are all things we know that we need to do to try and deploy the solutions to tackle emissions. The biggest problem is that all of these options are optional, that these are good things that countries could be doing and that's why you're getting essentially um at least from a majority of parties a unhappiness of where we are today it's true of the u.s it's true of india uh it's not the developed countries but even developing countries it's true of island nations that are going to sink it's true of european union which is pretty rich so we'll see what the next version will bring through uh but right now it's just a menu of items
2: What about the progress towards the Paris Agreement goals, the one and a half degrees limiting temperature rise? Is that seen as more feasible after this COP? Feasible at all?
4: Well, that has been, as the co-president Sultan al-Jabbar keeps saying, he's not star. That's the thing that he wants to ensure happens. But we had an analysis from the International Energy Agency that said, unless you do get a phase out of fossil fuels, we only get to about a third of the way to those goals. Uh, if you need to bridge the gap, the two thirds gap, you do need a pretty strong language around phasing out fossil fuels. And that is what the legacy of this COP will be judged on whether they made progress on uh, 1.5 degrees Celsius, or as the island nations are saying, if this draft goes through, then this is the COP that kills 1.5.
1: Mm. Saudi Arabia and other oil-exporting countries have opposed, you know, the idea of phasing out fossil fuels completely. Um, how does the COP28 president Sultan um, Al Jaber emerge from all of this? Do you think? I mean, he's uh, he is still a pivotal figure, isn't he, in, in ushering through this this deal?
4: Indeed indeed uh, fossil fuel producers uh, will oppose this deal they have been um biggest blockers of climate progress i mean turkeys don't vote for Christmas. So it's not a surprise. The thing that people were hoping is Sultan al-Jabbar as the chief executive officer of Abu Dhabi National Oil Company and, of course, co-president, would be the person to convince fossil fuel producers that it's in their interest to go along with a global majority. Otherwise, you open this up to breaking up the multilateral system that has so far, at least on climate, worked. Um, And that is what he has been pinning the hopes for at COP28 on a phase-out of fossil fuels, on a strong language around fossil fuels. So now it's really crunch time. Uh, I mean, we are likely to go into extra time now. Today is supposed to be officially the last day. Most of the time COP meetings do go into extra time. Uh, But how much more extra time and whether that will result in a legacy that the UAE will be proud of or where other people will Mm -hmm. just call it another failure.
1: Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke.
2: And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day. Right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe.